Right here at Employment Hour, the number is 1-855-821-5900. Anytime, it is Lior at employmenthour.com. Covering the, uh, running the gamut of everything under the employment umbrella. you got a severance package in front of you. You're not sure if it's fair. You just got let go. You have the fear of letting go. We're going to cover everything on the topic uh, as we do each week. Uh, first of all, we always start out with the week that was. Thank you, John. Mm-hmm. Happy always to be back here. You know, nice weather finally we're having. And uh, um, But employment laws issues, don't they don't go away, unfortunately, in the summer months. So people still need to be informed, aware of their legal rights, know what they're owed if they lost their job or you know maybe something's about to happen and you're just getting ready and, and you want to know what your rights are so that you're prepared. Right. Well, we're going to talk about that and we're going to arm you with the knowledge you need to have so that you're prepared if uh, something not so good happens. But starting off with the week, there was a couple of situations that I saw and dealt with uh, over the past few days. First situation I'll tell you about is something that I do come across often, but it happens uh, happens quite a bit, and people shouldn't be aware of it, is uh, a lady that contacted me, she had worked for a company for about six years, six and a half years, but the way it worked for her, she kept working on one-year employment agreements, one-year contract. Mm-hmm. So when she started six years ago, she signed an agreement to work for one year. When that agreement expired, she signed another one for a year, another one, another one, finally, uh, up until recently. Now, they, when the agreement uh, had expired uh, or about to expire, they told her, this time you're gone. We're not going to sign another agreement with you. And because the agreement is expired, we're going to see it to the end of the agreement, but we don't have to pay you anything because the agreement is expired. And she called me wanting to know if that was right. Do they, in fact, have to pay her? So here's the answer to that question. The answer is yes, they have mm-hmm. to pay her. And why? They have to pay her because when you sign agreements that keep renewing every year and another agreement and another agreement, at some point, the law considers that to be full-time regular employment. It's an implied thing, right? It's an implied term because the agreement just renews and renews. So you don't really have an expectation that this one is the last because the past four have been renewed. So why wouldn't the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth? So because you don't have an expectation your employment comes to an end, whenever you sign, you keep signing one-year agreements or six-month, whatever, uh, fixed-term agreements, and they keep renewing, at some point the law considers you a full-time employee, which means if now the employer says, this time I'm not renewing it, this time I'm letting you go, they have to pay you full severance based on all the time you spend with the company. So she is now a six-plus-year employee. (laughs) She's 52 years old. She's owed right around nine months' pay. So because of that, John, they have to pay her nine months' pay. Now, had uh, had this properly been a fixed-term contract, they would not owe her anything because the agreement would have expired and they would have shook hands and said goodbye. But because there's a history there, the agreement's kept renewing, kept renewing. She's a full-time employee. So the lesson here for our listeners is you may be on a one-year or six-month or two-month contract, but if this is not the first or second contract that you've signed, you've worked through several of these contracts, the law may consider you to be a full-time employee with seniority, and that's extremely important if your employment comes to an end. What should the employer have done in that contract to avoid this? The employer, fr- frankly, should not have, once they realize they keep hiring her uh, again and again, should have just entered into a p- proper full-time employment agreement with a termination clause, with a provision that talks about how much they would owe her in the event they let her go. Right. Uh, signing one-year contracts, one-year contracts, one-year contracts, one after the other is pointless. It's meaningless. The law considers that to be invalid. So they should have signed one proper employment agreement with a termination clause and be done with it. What else you got? Second situation involved a, a sad story, but hopefully we'll have a good ending. Uh, a, a guy was let go after work for a company for 
for about uh, eight or nine years. Now, they, the company didn't offer him proper severance and he retained me to negotiate severance on his behalf. A few weeks after this happened, we're still negotiating severance with the company. He unfortunately suffers a stroke. And he suffers a stroke and now is unable to work. And as with strokes, John, as you may know, it's not always easy to, to figure out how long someone may be out. Some people heal really quickly. They get better very quickly. Some people may take a very, very long time. But what that means now, because when he was let go, his employer cut off his benefit coverage. They should have continued his benefit mm -hmm. coverage. They didn't. Now, because of that, he doesn't have long-term disability coverage, which he would have had had the company continued it. So what does this mean? This means that the employer, the, his former employer, is now stepping into the shoes of the insurance company, right. and they may have to pay him disability benefits potentially till the age of 65 wow. if he doesn't get better, and he's in his early 50s now. So the lesson here for employers is if you, uh, you let someone uh, go, an employee go, you have to continue their benefits for a period of time. Because they didn't hear, the employer is now becoming effectively the insurance company, may have to pay this guy potentially for the next 10 or 12 or 13 years. Uh, very, very uh, bad thing for the employer. Hopefully that doesn't come to that. Hopefully it gets better very quickly. But there's an important lesson then uh, there to be learned for all employers and employees. Before we uh, take a quick break, got a minute or so, give me some details on the severance pay calculator. Love this tool. That's right. Well, uh, I know you've used it yourself, John, yep. just kind of to be sure in case something ever happens. Yeah, you know. You never know. Uh, so, uh, and, I, and most people that I know that I've ta told about this tool have used it. So the severance calculator is a name tells us and suggests, calculates the amount of severance mm -hmm. you are owed if you're working. Doesn't matter if you work full-time or part-time, if you're a long-service employee or a short-service employee, it can tell you how much you're owed. You go to severancepaycalculator.com, you input your age, uh, the length of your employment, and the type of job that you have, and it's going to tell you immediately how many weeks or months pay you are owed. It works for every employee, federally regulated, provincially regulated, yeah. young or old. Okay, so for everyone, go to severancepaycalculator.com and then arm yourself with that information. Make it the very first place you go to if you either are concerned about losing your job or if you've just lost your job. Severancepaycalculator.com. Going to get into the conversation of seniority. You're wondering if you have any, where yours lies. The answers uh, will be answered. The questions will be answered here in just a few moments. In the meantime, the number 1-855-821-5900. And email is leor at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour. This is Talk Radio AM. 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 is Lior's number anytime and it's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com through an email. We'll uh, machete our way through a couple emails later on today. First, I want to get into situations where you have more seniority than you realize. First of all, uh, why is length of service so important? Well, length of service is really important uh, when it comes to calculating severance because the probably, well, one of the main factors, probably the main factor that goes into deciding how much severance you're owed is the length of your employment, the length of service seniority. So obviously the more you work, the longer you work, the more severance you're owed. And that could be a, a huge, huge thing. And uh, in many cases, people may actually have more seniority or are credited by the law with more seniority than may they what may they may realize, so you may have an employee that may think they hey, they're a three year employee, but in the eyes of the law, and we're going to discuss that in a minute, may be a ten year right. employee. So the difference could be the difference between getting three months severance and getting twelve months severance. So it's extremely important. Now, when it comes to these things we're going to talk about now, John, the, the situations where you have more seniority than you realize. That only uh, that seniority really only counts towards severance. So, for example, 
If you have a, an employer that says after five years of employment, we're, you're going to get an extra week's vacation, these issues that we talk are talking about are not going to impact that analysis. This is really seniority when it comes to length of service for severance calculations. But honestly, John, for the difference for m most people, if they have this extra seniority, could be tens of thousands of dollars or more. So it's very important uh, to pay attention to what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of segments. So we'll talk about uh, this one right off the top if you are recruited from another job. Yeah, and, and I always like to start off by talking about this one because it's a very common situation. So if you are recruited from another job, you actually may be owed additional severance that accounts for the time you spent with your previous employer. So here's how this works. Let me break it down. Let's say you're securely employed somewhere. You're not necessarily looking to leave. You have a job, you've had it for a while. And then all of a sudden, without you asking for it, someone contacts you about another opportunity. Maybe it's another employer that contacts you. Maybe it's a headhunter that contacts yep. you. Um, and, and they try to convince you to, to leave and join another company. Eventually, you, you agree to meet with them, you agree to leave, and you join the other company because they made you some good promises about your future, about your compensation, so you left your job. And unfortunately, things don't work out, and let's say in the first few years, the company decides to let you go. Well, what happens in that situation is that the law would credit you additional service. You actually would get credit for the service you had with the previous company. Which means now, when it comes to severance, you're owed more severance because of this past service. So to use an example, if you worked with a company, uh, the previous company for 10 years, you, you leave, you join another company, you work for them for one year, and they let you go, you actually now may be an 11-year employee. No wow. So your severance could be calculated on that basis, even though you only work for the new company for one year. So we call this recruitment or inducement. You've been induced to leave a secure job. So it doesn't work if you're the one that applied for another job. It doesn't work if you're the one that sought the new opportunity. But if you weren't looking and they came to you and they convinced you to leave your secure job, then yes, you actually may have a lot more service than you realize. What's the, uh, what's the over-under as far as time limit's concerned on that? Usually around four years or so. If you're let go in the first four years, then you could get credit for the past service. If you worked there for five years or more, then it, that past service is now far enough away that it won't count. I'm surprised it's four. That seems, yeah. like a, that seems it, lengthy. It is lengthy. And, and, and the longer you work with the previous company, the more uh, time you have to have that counted. So if you worked there for 30 years at the previous company, mm -hmm. it's different than if you worked there for a year and a half. So every case is a bit different, but usually you can uh, you can count on having that seniority counted for the first four years of your employment with a new company. Talking about situations where you have more seniority than you realize, if you have gaps in your service. All right, now we'll do this one first. What if the uh, I don't know, business was sold? How about that? So yeah, uh, very often uh, business may be sold. So you work for a company, the company decides to sell to another company, and you continue working. So what's important to understand is if the business you work for is sold and you continue working with the buyer, the new company, then they automatically recognize your past service. So your seniority follows through with you. Uh, and that means that if you uh, work for an, a company for 10 years, the business is sold, and you work for the new company for another five years, and then they let you go, when it comes time to calculating your severance, you're now a 15-year employee. <laughs> so you don't lose your, uh, your service by continuing to work with a buyer. Now, in some situations, if you're accepting a job as a result of a sale of a business with a the buyer, they may want you to sign an employment offer letter, an employment agreement. 
and potentially that agreement may have some language that tries to eliminate some of your previous service. So you always want to be careful about that. If you're, uh, if you're offered an employment agreement by the buyer, have me take a look at it. Let me tell you if there's something in that agreement that hurts you. But generally, the rule is if you accept the job with the buyer, you inherit, or the buyer inherits your full service. Is that the one reason why they would have you sign a new agreement? Because they're trying to, you know, that's cut the off any only reason. Right? That's the <laughs> only reason for an employer to have someone in that situation sign an agreement because they want to minimize their future liability. That's it. Don't let anyone ever tell you anything differently. We'll take a uh, short break. The number in the meantime, you want to get a hold of the or anytime, even when the show is uh, not on, 1 855 821 5900. Email simple as well, Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour, Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get back into our, our uh, topic rather of situations where you have more seniority than you realize. First, I bounce over to an email quickly from Stephen. Came in and says, I signed a severance offer under duress. My employer told me that if I didn't sign, I won't get paid anything. Nothing, not a zilch, not a, uh, can I do something about it now? You know, it's always very difficult to get out of an employment, uh, or uh, sorry, out of a severance agreement uh, because of duress. You really have to show that your employer made some illegal threats to you. Now, if the employer threatened that you, they, you know, I owe you salary, John, I'm not going to pay you that if you don't sign this agreement and you pay it because you need your salary to come in on Friday because you have bills mm-hmm. to pay, then yeah, you may be able to say you signed under duress. The problem is unless the employer put this in writing, you may have a difficult time proving that. The bottom line, John, is this. If you sign a severance offer, it's very difficult very difficult to get out of it. That's why I've been hammering the point for three and a half years now that if you lose your job, you have to get legal advice. That's the time, not after you sign the agreement, yep. not after you realize, wait a second, this wasn't a good offer. Find out if it was a good offer pre- before you sign. So the reality is, yes, I can happy to take a look at the severance offer and find out more about the situation, but the likelihood of me being able to get you out of that is very small. one 821 5900 is the number. Back to our discussion situations when you have more seniority. Uh, then you realize if, uh, how about this one, you have gaps in your service with the company. Yeah, and, and sometimes employment may not be completely continuous. Maybe you, you've worked for a company for a few years and you left, you came back, and maybe even that's happened a couple of times. And now they've let you go and you want to know, wait a second, am I a 15-year employee, let's say, because that's when I started working, or am I a three-year employee because that's how long I've worked this last uh, stretch? Uh, so the answer is, well, it depends, and, and it depends on a few things. Number one is, how long was the gap? So if, if you're working for 15 years and you have a three-month gap, that's a no-brainer. The Big law time. will always consider you to be a continuous employee. On the other hand, if it was a five-year gap in a 15-year period, well, that's very significant. So that's number one is, is this a significant gap in comparison to the overall length of employment? The other question is, did the employer implicitly or or explicitly recognize this past service? Did they treat you like a new employee when you came back or did they essentially recognize you had past seniority? Maybe they they came to you and asked you to join them again. Maybe they offered you the same pay you were having before. Maybe you had the same employee number. Got your desk back. Yeah, your your (laughs) desk back, exactly, uh, right by the the window there. So did the employer recognize past service? In many, many situations, John, you may have people that have had a gap or several gaps in service, but the law may actually disregard those gaps Mm -hmm. 
So you may realize, wait a second, I don't have only three years of service, I have 23 years of service, and that could be huge when it comes to severance. So the, again, another reason if you lost your job is to get legal advice, because we want to see how much uh, service we can get you credit for. Yep. We want to see how much uh, service we can get uh, severance for, and the way to do that is to understand what, what these issues we're, we're going through right now. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and Lior at employmenthour.com. Situations where you have more seniority than you may even realize. How about this? The name of the company or the uh, the corporate structure, for instance, changes. Yeah, a lot of employers, uh, usually small employers, not very sophisticated employers, may think, well, you know, I, I'm going to change the corporate structure. I'm going to s- start a company across the street, hire all my employees, and everything starts starts from scratch. Uh, so that's not that's not a way you can eliminate service. You don't eliminate employee service by being creative or by starting a new company or changing the company's name. It doesn't work that way. The law is a lot smarter than that, right? We always look at substance over form. If you work and you know you go to work every day and and you know come home every day, you do the same job, reporting to the same people. You, then guess what? You're a continuously employed employee. doesn't matter if at some point the corporate structure changed or the name of the company changed. Uh, an employer can organize its business any way it wants, but it does not allow them to eliminate or extinguish the service of the employees. So remember, unless you were not working, unless you were let go or quit, then you get your, your service counted even if the corporate identity of the company that you work for changed over the years. No way you can uh, have that eliminated. What if you're on disability or like a parental leave? So oftentimes people may be on a parental leave or maybe they've someone may have gone to three or four parental leaves over the course of employment. Well, what happens then? Time you spend on a parental leave, uh, John, counts towards your seniority. So the fact that in the last 10 years you may not have worked for three or four years because you're on mat leaves, parental leaves, it doesn't change the fact that your seniority for that time counted. You're still an employee. The same thing, even to a greater extent, happens if you're on a disability leave. You may be on a disability leave for two years, let's say. Well, that two years counts towards your seniority. Even though you're not physically working or even physically able to work, seniority still accrues. So anytime you're on a leave of absence, uh, whether it's paid or unpaid, you always have your seniority counted. And that's very important, again, when it comes to severance, because you want to have as much seniority as possible to get the full severance that you're owed. And this is what this all boils down to, is at the end game, if, if it ends, ever comes down to you to let go, you've got to have your ducks in a row. You want to get maximum severance, right? Exactly. You want to get maximum severance. You want to have the most seniority counted towards that severance. A lot of times, I, every single week, John, I talk to people that believe that their seniority is a certain amount. And when I ask questions, I find out, no, maybe there was a gap in employment or maybe there was a sale of a business. And because of that, their seniority is actually a lot more and they could be owed five times the severance that they thought eh? that they're owed. So uh, being on a leave, on a disability, parental leave does not stop the service. It continues while you're on that leave. Got a couple more points to make. We'll get through that on the situations when you have more seniority than you realize. And after that, we'll get into an email and Lior's favorite topic coming up Shortly after that one, we'll get to that. I know he can't wait. one 821 5900 is the number anytime. And email is Lior at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour right here at Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 Lior's number anytime. The email is Lior at employmenthour.com. Get to our last couple points here on situations when you have more seniority than you realize. Um, can employees lose some of their length of service? 
Generally, no, John. Mm-hmm. And once you have service, you can't lose it. It doesn't it, it get extinguished. It can't be eliminated. You can't agree with an employer to not count past service in most cases. So if you have service, it's there, and and no one can take it away from you. So you know you can't. If you did something wrong in the workplace, the employer can't punish you by eliminating your your uh, service. I've seen that happen, or an employer try to make that happen. <laughs> it doesn't work. So if you have your service, it's there always. It's just a question of how much and whether or not you actually are, have service that you didn't realize that counts towards your severance. Now, all these points that we've made, uh, you know, it, it comes down to this. What happens if the employer refuses to recognize the full service? And, and, and that uh, does happen. An employer itself may not realize right. how much severance the employee has, may not realize that they have to give the employee credit for a service that they had previously. Well, it's not up for the employer to decide how much uh, service they want to give you credit for. So if you're credited uh, eight months service and the employer says, I'm only going to give you credit for two, and that's what they're going to base your severance on, guess what? That is a wrongful dismissal. The law decides how much service you get credit for, not your employer, not myself, not you, no one. The law decides that, so no one can breach that. So if you don't, if you didn't get what you owed, if you're not sure whether certain service should be counted, maybe your employer is telling you something, you're not sure if it's right, give me a call. I can tell you exactly what the law provides for you in your situation. And and really, uh, length of service is extremely, extremely important. And oftentimes, uh, you know, we can get into disputes with employers about mm-hmm. that, but the law is very clear. one 821 at employmenthour.com. Get to an email from Elizabeth says, I'm supposed to return to work from a maternity leave uh, this October. My employer just called, told me that they have no job for me when I return. My employment will be terminated in October. Is that legal? Well, actually, no, it's not legal. The reason it's not legal is because right now we're in uh, June still or uh, early July, and the employer is telling you that in October, several months from now, they don't have a job for you. Well, first of all, how would the employer necessarily know what's going to happen in October? Many things can change between now and October. There's several months to go. And, you know, in, in the life of a business, it could be a, a very long time. It's a crystal ball technique. Well, yeah, right? you don't know, right? <laughs> Maybe by then you're desperate for employees. Right. The, the reason why that's a problem is because you have a legal obligation as an employer to take an employee back after a maternity leave. And you can't decide in advance that you can't meet that obligation because you don't know. So the fact that they are telling her that uh, you know five months in advance or four months in advance is a big, big problem. It's not legal. So she needs to give me a call because it's quite likely that not only is she owed severance, and let's start with start there. She definitely is owed severance. Yeah. There could be a human rights violation uh, as well. So an employer shouldn't be try to be extra proactive by telling someone in advance that they're not going to have a job in the future. If now it's October, now you legitimately don't have a job. There's no way for you to bring her up. Maybe you shut the, uh, bring her back. You've shut down a department. That's when you tell the employee you don't have a job and you deal with severance. You don't you don't tell her that four months in advance. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and Lior at employmenthour.com for an email. Ah, yes, the Ministry of Labor giving incorrect information. Let's get all over this bad boy. Uh, let's clarify. Does the government decide how much severance someone gets if they lose their job? No, and and, and mm-hmm. I want to start here, John. John, because a lot of people, I get this all the time. I tell them how much severance they're owed, or I tell an employer how much severance they have to pay. Right. They say, well, wait a second. I, I went to the Ministry of Labor website, and it said that I have to pay a lot less. Well, let's be very clear. The government doesn't decide how much 
severance sum on his own, okay? The law decides that. Our, our courts have made those determinations over the past 150 years. It has nothing to do with the government or statute. The only thing the government decides, the, the government legislates, is certain minimum entitlements that you may have as an employee, uh, but they don't decide what your full entitlements are. So uh, when, whenever you're seeking advice from the government, you may find out what your minimum entitlements are, but that's only a fraction or a very small portion of what your full entitlements may be. That's why you cannot get advice from the Ministry of Labor, from anyone in the government, because it's not up to them. They don't decide that. Only a lawyer can tell you what the law has provided for people in your, your situations. That's where there's a lot of confusion out there. So many, I spoke with an employer, uh, two, actually two employers this past week. Both of them asked me, how much do I have to pay this employee uh, that I'm letting go? And I right. told them, and they said, but wait a second, Lior. That's four times more than what the Ministry of Labor website says. It said two weeks. You told me it should be six months or whatever it is. So uh, I, I want to very clarify. The reason why that's the case is because your full entitlements are a lot greater than what it's in the Ministry of Labor uh, website. That's what's in any statute. The government can't legislate or decide that. So the scary part is this. What do most people do when they lose their job? Yeah, and that is the scary part because, you know, the reaction of most people, if I lost my job and I'm not sure what I'm owed or if my employer treated me fairly, I'm going to call the Ministry of Labor. I'm going to call, uh, call the Labor Board. Talk to a buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wait per year. Well, yeah, exactly. You but, that's, you know, I understand if a buddy, yeah, you know, who doesn't know any better wants to help you and tells you something happens to be wrong. But most people actually are reasonable. Rather than talking to their buddy who plays golf uh, with them, they'll call the government, mm -hmm. the Ministry of Labor. They have it to know. Sounds like it's the yeah. right place, right? I'm not calling uh, a Ministry of Immigration. And the Ministry of Labor is going to answer your question. The problem is, and it's what we're going to talk about right now, is that the advice you're going to get 10 out of 10 times uh, is completely wrong. And because of that, this happens every day. People call the Ministry of Labor because it's the natural place one may think to go to only to be told uh, about, uh, to, to be given incorrect information and be told only about a fraction of what they're owed. And in reliance on that, they may accept a severance package that's worth pennies on the dollar. We'll take a quick break. one 821 5900 is the number to use anytime. And Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get back into more ministry talk and some emails as we continue here in the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM640 and AM900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 is Lior's number. It is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We're talking about the Ministry of Labor giving incorrect information. Been going on for some time. So what does the Ministry of Labor tell people about their entitlements when they call them? So as I said, John, the Ministry of Labor will only tell people about what their minimum entitlements are. So let me use an example. If you work for a company for three and a half years, you, you let, you're let go and you ask the ministry, hey, ministry, what am I owed? I just lost my job. I worked there for three and a half years. They'll say, you are owed three weeks pay. Full stop. End of story. That's what they're going to say. And is that right? It is wrong, John, because this fictional person may actually be owed six months pay, right. maybe eight or nine months pay, potentially as much as 12 months pay, depending on how senior the position that they had. So can you imagine, John, if the Ministry of Labor tells you you get three weeks pay, so you accept three weeks pay when you should have gotten eight months pay? Exactly. And what if you make $60,000 a year, which is not a, a crazy salary? 
You know, you could be losing 30, 40 grand uh, just because you made that call. So remember, the Ministry of Labor is only going to advise you on your minimum entitlements. That's not your full entitlements. In fact, that's not even half of your full entitlements. In most cases, it's maybe 5 to 10% of what your full entitlements may be. That's why you cannot call the Ministry of Labor, not because I don't want you to, because they cannot help you. And the problem, John, is they're not telling you that, hey, by the way, it's three weeks, but just so you know, employee, that's a portion of your entitlements. You may be owed more. They so don't do why that. are they doing this? Why not? What's the problem? I, I, I don't know. I've been trying to figure this out for close to 15 years I now. Know. That's what they do. They figure that's all our obligation. And I don't have a problem deciding that that's your obligation, but at least tell people that that's all you're doing. Don't tell people you'll get three weeks full stop, hang up the phone. That's doing a disservice for people every single day. John, every single day, dozens and dozens of people are, are calling the Ministry of Labor with these questions and losing tens of thousands of dollars every day. Well, the Ministry of Labor is a big department, a lot of people working there, so how are they helping? What are they doing that's, that's good and positive and functional? Well, the Ministry of Labor helps enforce certain uh, minimum obligations that people have. So may they help enforce that an employer keeps proper records, that an employer may be paying overtime when it's supposed to, that it calculates vacation properly, that uh, an employee doesn't have to work in an unsafe work environment. They deal with all those things and they do a reasonably good job considering the size of the workplace here in Ontario. That said, uh, they cannot, cannot, John, under any circumstances, help someone get their full entitlements if they lost their jobs. So they can help you with problems you're having during, uh, you know, calculating uh, monies owed to you while you're working. They cannot help you get the amount that's owed to you after you lost your job. Absolutely not. So to reiterate, what do you do if you lose your job? If you lose your job, you have to speak with an employment lawyer. And again, I, obviously that sounds very self-serving. I say, well, you're an employment lawyer, and he's telling people to speak with an employment lawyer. So I'll make it easy. You, you don't want to talk to me because you don't like me? Great. Talk to another employment lawyer. There's a lot of employment lawyers. But you have to speak with an employment lawyer because that's the only way you can find out how much you're owed. I've created the severance calculator to actually give you the correct information that the government cannot give you, unfortunately. That's severancepaycalculator.com. You can use that. Inform yourself. Arm yourself with the information you need to have. And give me a call. Hopefully, we can chat about it. Again, I don't... I don't want to. I don't judge. I just want to give you the right information so that you can make an informed decision. Uh, and again, the severance calculator, the place to start. Now, I know in the past you've mentioned that some people, if uh, they haven't heard the show, they haven't used the calculator, haven't called you first. They'll go one step further with the ministry and they'll file a claim. What is the bad part? What wow. is the big red flag yeah. with firing, filing a claim? It, that's the worst thing they could do. The worst thing. And, and <laughs> I, I, I almost shake my head just telling this because I've seen people do this and then they shake their head. This is the government doing this to me. The problem is this. Uh, if you file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, mm -hmm. uh, by filing that complaint, two things happen. Number one, you're limited now to only getting your minimum entitlements. And number two, you can't withdraw it. Brutal. You can't say, well, wait a second. Now I realize I'm owed more, so I'm just going to now hire a lawyer. So let me give you an example. I, I give you a, a fictional situation. Someone calls the Ministry of Labor. I've worked for three and a half years. What am I owed? They say three weeks pay. Oh, my employer didn't pay me that. Okay, well, file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. So you file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor so that the Ministry of Labor can help you get three weeks pay. That's the only thing you can ever get once you file that complaint. But now when you realize, wait a second, Lior said on the radio I may be owed eight months pay. So, okay, I'll forget about this complaint and hire Lior. Nonsense. At that point, you cannot withdraw that complaint. You're stuck with that three weeks. Uh, you can't uh, get rid of it. So by doing that, you would have lost how much money? You know, probably tens and tens of thousands of dollars. 
So don't ever, ever do that. When it comes to losing your job, there's nothing the Ministry of Labor, there's nothing the Labor Board can do for you. There's no exceptions to this. You have to speak with an employment lawyer. Uh, you're Frankly, you're better off dealing with this on your own than going mm-hmm. to the Ministry of Labor. They cannot help you. And by in- engaging the Ministry of Labor or the Labor Board in the process, you will only end up on the losing end every single time. So, I mean, I can imagine if I'm a 30-year employee and I'm looking at, according to the calculator, if I didn't go with the calculator first, 24-month severance, if I file a claim. You probably limit to eight weeks' pay. Brutal. So uh, the difference between eight weeks' pay and 24 months' pay. Two years. Two years' pay. Wow. You know, if you're making 50 grand or whatever, that could be $100,000, $100,000. And as as if this sounds far-fetched, this exact situation that I've just described happens every day. The number is one 821 5900 Again, severance pay calculator. Lior said, hey, if you don't want to talk to me, check out the calculator. Do it right now while we take a short break and see what the numbers would be. Crunch in the uh, the numbers they need to be, your age, your length of employment, and uh, et cetera. And then there's a contact button at the bottom if you want to get a hold of Lior. Email lior at employmenthour.com. Taking a short break. A little more to go here. We'll get to an email as soon as we come back. Right here in the Employment Hour, Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We were talking about the dreaded Ministry of Labor. Again, just to reiterate and wrap it up, uh, you lose your job, you have a severance package in front of you, don't go there, come to you, come to an employment lawyer, use a severance pay calculator, but don't use the Ministry of Labor for those things. Can't help you. Uh, only bad things can happen in that situation. They cannot, not that they don't want to, not that I don't want them to. The Ministry of Labor cannot help anyone that lost their jobs. Other situations, yes, they absolutely can, not when you lost Lost wages, overtime, all that stuff, fine. Yeah, vacation pay, unsafe work, all of that. Yes, not when you lost your job. Harold writes in three emails, says, I was hired because the employee that held the position before me went on disability. After two years, this other employee is coming back to work, and my employer is telling me that uh, my only choice is to relocate from Toronto to Mississauga. Is there anything I can do? Yeah, well, first of all, a good question. Uh, Thank you for that, Harold. And yes, there is something you can do because relocating you now from Toronto to Mississauga, that's a significant move. Again, depending on where you live. If you live in Mississauga, that may not be a bad thing. But if you live in in Toronto, now this is going to increase your commute. You're going to spend a lot more time on the road. And we all know what uh, the GTA traffic is like, obviously. Uh, And by the way, the same thing would apply if you're in Ottawa or anywhere else where... uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of commute and the change will impact your commute. So you have a choice there, Harold. You can decide to accept this and start working at the new location and increase your commute and, and that's fine. Or you can reject this change and treat your employment as being terminated. Again, that's a constructive dismissal. You've heard me use this term before. That means you'll get your full severance. So your choices are to accept and relocate or to leave and get your full severance so you can find a job that makes more sense uh, for you. The fact that you were only replacing an employee for a while while that other employee was on a disability leave does not change the equation that your employer cannot just relocate you. Uh, Now, if the relocation is such that it doesn't really impact you in any significant way, then you don't really have much of a choice. But if it's going to, let's say, add another hour in the morning to your commute and an hour in the evening, that's two more hours a day, 10 hours a week, that's a significant change. You don't have to accept it. You can leave and get your severance. You know, we mentioned earlier in the show today about, uh, you know, gaps of service, how it affects your seniority. You said, you know, up to about three, four years, that's uh, that's that's the ruler. Well, how about this? One. I mean, it, this one email was uh, for Harold. It was Mississauga to Toronto. I mean, where's where's the acceptable? Like, you pull out Google Earth and a tape measure. Like, how do you know? How, you know, that doesn't seem like a huge change to me. But you're saying that that'll qualify. Yeah, it, it does, and it's not. 
you know, so much how many kilometers are we talking mm-hmm. about. It's the impact that this is going to have on the person. So, you know, and for example, if I now have to commute an extra 20 kilometers, but because now I get to take a, a highway that's free instead of taking a side road that takes me forever, my, my length of my commute is not going to change, well, then that's okay. On the other hand, if if it's a you know it's a ten kilometer difference, but because of or two more buses I got to yeah, take or something. Yeah, now I right? have to take two more buses instead of uh, you know r- taking my bike to work. Then that's a significant change. So it's a question of how does this impact you? Does it have a significant impact? Does it add hours and hours a week to your uh, commute and work time? If it does, then it's a, arguably it's a constructive dismissal. So I'm not I don't get too hung up on how many kilometers is mm-hmm. too far. It's about the the reality of how this impacts you. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and Lior at employmenthour dot com. Frank says I write, uh, or pardon me, I read online that I only get severance if I work for a company with a payroll of more than two and a half million. Is that right? Well, I'll tell you exactly where he read this, uh, uh, where Frank read this, John. Frank read this on the Ministry of Labor website. It's exactly what we were talking about mm-hmm. uh, moments ago. And that is that the government can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlement. So what does Frank mean here? Well, your minimum entitlements may have something to do with the size of the company's payroll. Uh, your minimum entitlements are going to be different if you work for a small company or work for a big company. But those are your minimum entitlements. Remember that. And your full entitlements, your full entitlements you are legally owed are going to be completely uh, irrespective or not going to have anything to do with the size of the payroll. In fact, your full entitlements, Frank, are going to be the same whether you work for a company with one employee or a thousand employees because they're based on the length of your employment, your age, and your position. So don't don't fall in this trap, okay? That's why we've done this segment about the Ministry of Labor. You know, don't go to the Ministry of Labor website to find out how much you're owed because you'll get this wrong information and thinking, well, I work for a small company, so that must mean I don't get any severance. Nonsense. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Instead of going to the Ministry of Labor website, go to severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly how much you're really owed, what those full entitlements actually are. So it doesn't matter if you're working for, you know, Molson or Ikea or, you know, Johnny's Hamburgers. It doesn't matter. It's the same. Which, by the way, is a great place on Victoria. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the same thing. It's Apply. the same thing. And all things, you know, age, position, length of employment being equal, it doesn't matter at all. You're going to get the exact same amount of severance, big company, small company, big payroll, large payroll. Uh, and and that's that's all there is to it. There's no exceptions. And I bet you a lot of these little mom and pop shops are like uh, it's a rude awakening when they get told, right? Well, yeah, you know, we, we've been talking now about you know employees contacting the Ministry of Labor to find out how much they're owed. Guess what? Small employers do the same thing. We have to let an employee go. We don't we haven't really had to do much of this before. So let's go to Ministry of Labor website to find out how much we owe them. And they realize, oh, okay, well, this says that we don't have to pay severance if we're a small employer, so we don't have to pay the person so long, farewell. Only to then realize that they've wrongfully dismissed this person, not because they wanted to or they were bad. Misinformation. Misinformation from your government, not from some some guy on the street, mm-hmm. from your government. So that's a problem. And, and so for employers and employees, again, I, I was talking about it from the perspective of the employee, but the same thing applies to employers. You have to get proper advice and understand that the government cannot help you when it comes to termination of employment. They cannot do that. We'll get to uh, the last closing moments here. Give us another rundown of the severance pay calculator. 
So again, I, I've hammered this, but I'll hammer it again because I, I, I know it works and I've, I've been talking to hundreds uh, and hundreds and thousands of people that have used the calculator over the past three years. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Find out how much you're owed if you lost your job. And if you have a more involved question, John, if you want to ask other information, other questions about your, your legal entitlements and you want to do it anonymously, you don't want to feel the pressure of talking to me necessarily. If, that's, if, if you think that's a pressure, that's fine. Go to terminationquestions.com. Again, terminationquestions.com. Ask me a question there. It's, it's completely anonymous. I'll answer right on the website back for you, back for uh, usually within a few minutes. So again, access to information. That's what the calculator does. That's what terminationquestions.com does. Use it always. Tell people about it. Let's all be informed. Until next time, one 821 5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.